Watch up yourself as well, Malusian crew. We inside? Yo. Hey, what's the word, brother? Yo. How's things? I good, G. You're all good, man. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, man. I, I hear. I have my, my drink ready. I ain't drinking, man. Oh, God. <laughs> no water, nothing? Nah, I good for the hour. All right. I how you so coping with the how you coping with the whole the whole pandemic? Um to be honest with you boy, in at the beginning of it, not so good. Oh. But I real good now though. <laughs> I real good now. In the earlies it was real um I don't know, but I would say somewhat depressing. Oh you know, I didn't I felt and it's just for me, I being honest with you. <laughs> you know. Right. Um it was it was just it was a, a feeling of feeling trapped. Ah. You know, some, somewhat trapped. I didn't have the freedom to you know, we couldn't go outside and, you know, do the things that we wanna do. So I would go for drives normally sometimes when I wanna think and just, you know, vibe with a beat sometimes and I couldn't do that, you know. The most I could do is just drive around the block. You ah. know, but um yeah, it's just you know, it's like God put everybody on time out. <laughs> you know, and I was like, gosh, bro. But um but it took it took a little while to just, you know, get back in the groove of things. Right. And and to feel inspired again. Because I wasn't inspired in the beginning of it. You know? Yeah. I think, you know, from everyone that we've spoken to thus far, they've said, you know, they kinda felt like everything was on pause, as you said. Yeah. And yeah. it was kinda hard to find the inspiration too now. Yeah, bro, when I tell you, because, I mean, life had to happen for me to be inspired to it, and it, everything was just on pause, and it was just nothing encouraging, you know? Right. Nothing encouraging at all, and it's just having to process that, and then family life, and then you're studying the business, and it was it, it was a lot. I mean, some people, you know, handled it better. I didn't for a couple of weeks, but... As soon as I was able to get back in that groove again and find some some smidgeta inspiration, that was it. Because I'm I in full-on beast mode right now. I see that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I guess for those that are now locking in, um, who may not be familiar with who Daryl Jave is, tell us. Um, <laughs> Daryl Jave is... Uh, Trinidadian songwriter. Um, I um, I don't even know how to how to put this way. I don't know, but I mean, I I am a songwriter. I'm a creative. I um, I dabble in. I I wouldn't even say dabble, but I write almost every genre of music. You know, hey, but a lot of people see. know me mainly for the soca music that I've been behind. You know. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm just here to kick it with you guys this evening. So whatever nice. you want to know, let me let me do this thing. Let me all right, so let... a little bit. <laughs> all right, so let me dive in one time. Um, yeah. as always, as I mentioned in the beginning, if you have any questions for Daryl, just use that little question box, and we will get to it. Um, right. as we said, Daryl is a songwriter in the industry, and he has some other things that he does as well that we're gonna get to. Yeah. But um, tell us. For those mm -hmm. that, again, may not be familiar with who you are, tell us these songs that you are responsible for thus far, at least in soca music. All right, so 
I mean, I've 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 only been writing soca music for maybe about three or four years now, right? right. That's when I, cause soca, mm-hmm. I never, I don't know, I always loved it, but I never wanted to be involved in the business of soca. I don't know why, you know, but I always because I'm Trini, you know, this is part of us, so I love it. Right. I can admire it from the distance and dance state and all of that, but I never really wanted to like get involved in the soca industry you know but i mean that changed but the songs that i've i've been responsible for so far um the first song for me was wind up by kess that was my that was my breakout song in the nice soca, right so it was wind up um then the following year i had body by kess then um the the shansia and kess record um, close to that, me. Yes, close to me. With um, I co-wrote that with Tano and Christian Calpi, Jimmy October, and Kess. Um, Radar, love it. Um, Touch Me by Patrice Roberts. Good by Patrice Roberts. Personal by Five Star Q. Pepper with Shala Nyla. Um, Boss Lady by Kess. Um, Dutty by Dev, Woman Company by Dev. Yo, the list long is a lot. <laughs> Vibe, you know? so... Um, yeah, and then, I mean, because I, I try to work, I work with a lot of seasoned artists as well as upcoming artists. So, right. So sometimes for a season, I put out like maybe 20 records. This year, I put out 30 records. You know, mix up, you know, some big artists, some small artists, you know. Right. But good songs, nonetheless, you know. So yes. I've seen a lot of people in the chat saying that you wrote a lot of hits, and I think I can echo that as well. A lot of your songs have been played throughout the, the world, and most importantly, the carnival seasons. Yeah. I mean, give thanks to that, for real, because, I mean, it's, al- it's always amazing to, to see your music being received, and more so when it crosses waters. You know, Thanks. and different cultures start to appreciate your stuff. I mean, I think it's a, it's an amazing achievement as a songwriter, as anybody in the music industry, you know, right. that creates, you know, what these people react to. Right. Yeah. So, Lewi, so you did touch on one thing, right? Let's mm-hmm. go back to the beginning. You said right. that you weren't always in soca music. You weren't always in the soca music business, and it wasn't really appealing to you at the time. So, yeah. may I ask, where did you get your start in uh, music? Which in genre? Music? I mean, I, have, I mean, I grew up listening to, like, a lot of R&B and hip-hop music and stuff. So, that's where I started. I started in R&B and pop and stuff like that. I started off actually being an artist, you know, because I, I sing too. Right. You know, um, I just feel like I'm in a season of my life where, you know, songwriting is what I want to you know, focus on. I'm in that season right now. Um, but, and then I um, went into gospel for a couple of years. You know, I still wouldn't say I'm out of gospel. I just, you know, not not singing gospel right now. Right. You know, um, the writing is really the focus right now. But um, in 2015, I believe it was, I was on a, a trip um, and came across uh, 
a Grammy award-winning writer and producer by the name of Corey Rooney that basically um, heard one of my records through a, a family member. Right. And um, Corey basically took me under his wing and, you know, just kind of mentored me for a little bit, you know, working with his team. And we did a lot of records for, like, like pop, teen pop records, um, a lot of R&B records and stuff like that. And I think maybe a couple years later is when um, I think I had a song to pitch to Kess. And one of my associates in, in New York linked me with Kess's manager, Simon, at the time. Right. And, um, and that's, that's how the, 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 the soca thing starts. Because I had no intention of working with anybody <laughs> locally like that, you know. Um, I don't know. I just, I always felt like, I mean, my, my views are, have totally changed now. Right now, I want to be part of the movement that changes and propels Soka forward, you know, and, and changes the song that Soka for the world stage. You know what I mean? So that's my intention right now. I want to be part of the, the change agent, you know. Nice. Um, a pretty interesting start to the, to the Soka music industry specifically. Yeah. Um, and even more so, you worked with uh, an establishing artist for your, I would say, your first record in Soka. Yeah, what, yeah, which was a good help. That was a good boost. What was that experience like, working with Cass for the first time? Um, it, it wasn't the first time I, I met him. Right. Uh, because I think maybe a couple of years before I did a, I wrote a song for the, the then administration. The I think it was, um, the UNC was in power at the time. So, I had pitched a couple records during their, their five years, and um, I'd gotten through. And one of the records I had to do like this, family, this family day theme song. And they wanted like various artists. And that was my right. first time working with Kess. So fast forward to now going directly to him to, to do this, mm -hmm. this record, this Soka record. Um, so that was a good reference point for him to remember who I was. And I mean, he didn't really have to do much remembering because he, he, um, he remembered who I was, right? Yeah. But, but he was like, yo, that was a real good song you had done back then, you know, like. <laughs> Right. Bro, when when Simon then played this one for me, I I think this this is me. Like, how were you able to to get a record that perfectly fit me like that now? You know, um, and I was like, bro, I just sometimes you you really just had to study the person you're aiming a record for now. In a sense, you know, do your research, soak in some of the music a little bit to kind of just get a feel of who they are and how they sing, how they attack a note, you know. Um, but being in the studio with him for that first session, I, I kind of started to appreciate, like, a lot of soca artists more, you know. And I saw the talent in Kess, because I always, I always liked him as an artist, you know. He was always one of my faves. Um, and I always appreciated his style, where he, Kess infuses different things. You know, because he's, he's a creative and, and he is a music lover as well. He appreciates right. the other genres. So writing for somebody like, like that with that talent and that kind of palette, I, 
it was kind of like writing for myself because I feel like I'm that type of person too now. Like, I try to find ways to fuse things and still make it, you know, um, it put it across in a way that I believe, you know, people would appreciate it, you know? But it was an amazing first time working with him. Nice. And it's good. I'm glad to hear that you kind of give us that background. Um, for yeah. those of you locked in outside of Trinidad and Tobago, when Daryl was referring to the UNC, he's actually referring to a, um, a political party that's in Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yo, and elections is Monday, so I don't know, boy. It's a scary one. Yeah, I know it's, it's real pressure on, on that side right now with the elections. But um, I'm, it's interesting to hear how you got started in the industry. I think a lot of people have a very unique approach to how they got in but i think yours was very interesting considering your background but um i want to lodge up a few people in the chat uh kristen freddie hardware music Barbados. right what's up and i already see a question two questions came through so let's read it out really quickly what is your all-time favorite song that you wrote and that you listened to coming on from sean Right. Yo, Sean is, Sean is an amazing writer as well, too. Sean and I wrote a couple records together. So big up yourself, Sean. Um, songs that I wrote, um, which one is my favorite? I have, a, I have an unreleased song that I wrote sometime early last year. Um, it's one of my favorite songs that I could just, like, if I have a playlist, mm-hmm. I could slip that song in the playlist. Um, it's a record called Us. Um, it's a it's a R and B hip hop type record. Um, I love it. And Soka, though, one of my favorite mm. songs that I've written is "Love It" by Kess. Oh yes, yeah, love it. Real love it was tune. love it was close to my boy. <laughs> love it, love it. I don't know. I I just felt like that song just had an energy that I think only Kess could have bring out. Right. You know, and um. Just with the execution and everything and the melodies and yeah, love it is close to me. Big, big song to me. Nice. This is the now ask this. Somebody just asked a question. Yes. Yeah, so on the note with Cass, you mentioned you know, right. Love It and it being I guess one of the one of yeah. the popular songs that I guess could have deserved a little bit more love last year mm-hmm. in the um carnival season and outside of it. Yeah. Do you have any more songs planned with Casty Bands? Yeah, I mean, Kess and I, we're always working. Um, I, I would consider myself part of that team, you know. Um, and aside from that, I mean, we have, a, we have an amazing relationship as creatives and as friends, you know. So I, we're always working, you know, um, on Soka, on international, you know, sounding records and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, we definitely have a, a, a few shots in the, in the bag. Nice, and I heard he has. I can say on it. So earlier this week, you know, he announced that he is dropping an album. Are you a part of any songs that's on the album? Um, I do. Most likely, yeah. I I I have been, but I don't want to talk too much on the album because I don't know what what's supposed to be said about it. I don't want to let any secrets out that not supposed to be out yet. But the album is the album is gonna be dope. Pretty pretty dope. 
Nice. So let's stay tuned. We may or may not get a little surprise from Daryl on the um the cast album. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that you, you know, mm-hmm. you spoke about moving soca music forward, right? Yeah. When you spoke about, you know, it wasn't really on the soca thing and now that you're inside and you see how hard these artists work and the talent that they have, you want to mm. push it forward. So let me ask you this. Do you think that soca music kind of, we're in its state right now, does it limit your creativity as a writer? Um, no, it doesn't. I, I don't think so. I, I, um, I try to be the type of writer that would bring um, variety to soca music. Um, I try to not, I don't always want to be part of just the wine and jam and the jump and weave, right? When I was growing up, that's how I looked at soca, you know, because um, I used to feel like it was very limited as to what you could talk about. Right. You know, um, and actually working with Kess and them kind of showed me, um, Kess was like the perfect person for me to collaborate with to show that it could be more than that you know we could talk about a lot more things we could write love songs that you could still want to bust a wine and jump to you know right um yeah so i i wouldn't say that it limits me at at all at all i think i've written almost any kind of topic on 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 soca music already you know love songs happy songs and any kind of songs party shot anything really emotional records you know i think you, you could talk music music is an expression of life so it's like i i think um it could do it a little more variety and you know expand the theme a little more you know especially now more than ever though especially where we don't know when is the next carnival you know not trinidad i hope in trinidad still you know on but we don't know what it's going to be like when countries open back up and stuff like that but we cannot just leave soca to be centered around um a festival right you know i think we need to do things and i think expanding the lyrical content of soca music is part of what is going to help it move forward you know yeah and you know talking to a lot of people too often mentioned that at a point mm-hmm. in time soca music did have like the variety if you listen to like, some some of the earlier songs that Bungie did that marshall yep. did there was a lot of social commentary and mm-hmm. storytelling and all of that but i think throughout the years because of the success of one type of style of soca they kind of ran with that and tailored it to the festival yeah now that said, we've now kind of see this reemergence of something that we in the industry call conscious soca. So, you know, I think someone in the chat mentioned it. Voice, as well as right. Tedis and John, they've mm-hmm. put their hearts in that kind of conscious soca lane. Yeah. Now, with you having that gospel background, what are your thoughts on the whole kind of conscious soca movement that's going on right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I, I really do. I, um, I have a big appreciation for it because I feel like if you can be positive and still, you know, bring that vibe and that energy to a genre that is most likely, most, for the most part, dominated with a certain type of message. Right. You know, if you could bring that 
element to it and still make people feel good and feel to have a good time and enjoy themselves. I think that's amazing. So do it as much as you can, you know. Let me let me bring that to it. Um, we did a record with Private Ryan called Reason to Love. Oh, I you know? love that too. And when when we were first vibing to that beat, I rem- I specifically remember Kess saying, "D make it song. Let me go almost gospel on it now, boy D." <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I was like, say less, <laughs> you know, and, and we, we vibed that beat for, for months, you know, for months we had that, that rhythm and just was waiting for the right, the right topic, the right melodies to hit, you know. The only thing we had from the jump was the, um, you give me that energy, you send me that energy. That's the only thing we had from the, the beginning, you know, and that just bubbled with us for, for maybe a month or so. Right. So the rest of the song came. And I gotta say, it's a, a very sweet tune. I wish, you know, I wish it kind of got a little bit more of the love, but I know the release kind of set it yeah. back just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it was bit. released late. I think, I think that's on us, though. I think we, we take real long to get <laughs> right. Probably right now, we feel we forget it more, kind of thing. But, um, but now, nah, sometimes it's just, sometimes you can't rush the process, you know. Sometimes you really just, let the song be what it is. Let the process just enjoy the process. You right. Know, most a lot of people have deadlines and this and that. Everybody have a deadline. Everybody doing something, but sometimes the creative process is just that. You have to leave it and let it come. Sometimes you don't want to rush something. You know, if we had rushed it, it may not have come out the way. It right. Came out, you know? Yeah. Things take time, man. Yeah. I know timing is everything. So, going through, I see we have another question here. Uh-huh. Someone, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the whole lyrical content of Soka changing. Right. Do you think that Soka artists are open-minded to the evolution of the, the Soka sound? I think some are. And I think some are not. Because, I mean, I think some, some Soka artists are very um, scared and a little shaky in this in the sense uh if they see somebody else do it then they'll do it. You know, but I think I think a lot of people just don't like to be the first. Like nobody wants to be the cow the cowboy um riding the horse over the hill into the pack of Apaches. <laughs> I be like, yo, there's a lot of Apaches across there <laughs> with some arrows. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Nobody wants to be the first one, but I mean, we have a few brave soldiers who are trendsetters, you know. I right. think people like Marshall, Bungie, and even Kess, you know, um, they, 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 those are artists that are not afraid to step out of the box. Even Ola Tunji, you know. Yeah, um, I saw someone here mention the, the thankful by Ola Tunji as well, which some yeah. argue is kind of like a gospel soaker as well. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there was a, a strong gospel feel to it gospel vibe to it i, I had like that song me too you know i felt yeah. like it should have again gotten more love but i think so you know a sometimes lot of, a lot of music being put out boy and it's it's but there's a lot of change that needs to happen so that all the songs could get the rotation and that it you know and breathe now you know um because something like that even happened to me with with my artists i am um, i know I manage an artist named Ray now, you know, um, 
And we had released a song called Say Something. Nice groovy song. Dropped mm -hmm. it in, I think, um, September last year. And like maybe two weeks later, Moto decided to release the Totem Rhythm. <laughs> and she was on that too. Right. She on the Totem Rhythm. So I was like, God, no, I want the Totem Rhythm to come out, but say something and get a chance to breathe at night, to, to do anything, you know? So sometimes, um, sometimes you just have to, I guess, a strategy to this. And being it, like, being it the first time it happened, so it's like, you have to learn from it now to know how to move next time around, you know? Right. And of course, Larger Bray Charles, we have esteem. Um, she was on our platform, I think, two, three weeks ago to talk yes. about her career as well. So right, yeah. we actually have a couple of questions. We're going to get to Ray in a few. Uh -huh. But um, let's go, let's dig deeper into the creative side, right? Could you yeah. tell us, like, what does a typical writing session look like for you? Um, a typical writing session for me, I mean, to be honest, there's no set way to write a, to do any, anything. Um, sometimes I write a song without even having music, you know, okay. like a lot of my, a lot of these records that I had gotten placed with a couple of years ago when I first really started like writing songs and making money from it, um, those records were pop records that I wrote without beats, you know, because as a creative, um, you have you have an idea of the song that you're hearing in your head. You know, I I already have a whole imagery in my head going on with how I want this music to sound and the vibe and the energy, you know. So sometimes it's it's never one set way, you know. Sometimes I could write a song to the beat. Sometimes I write it by myself. Sometimes I enjoy co-writing sessions too. You know, um, sometimes lyrics might come first or sometimes I might just get some gibberish and a melody, <laughs> you know. They might be humming like a little hook or something. Yeah, and you yeah. know it is yet. Yeah, but the, the, the key thing is to record everything. Any little idea you get, just record it. You know, um, when I, early in the lockdown, when I'm, um, when I was in my little hole, you know, and and um, I I was searching for the inspiration, but I just wasn't getting the vibe to finish anything, you know, and um, just the, sometimes even the, just the vibe to to sit down and write and try to to write something. But what I did do is any little thing that jumped out at me that I felt could have been cool in a song, I wrote it down. Well, I made a voice note of it. So there's a bunch of voice notes that if a random person go to my phone, they'll be like, the hell going on with this man? But I know what it was, and it all ties into a song somewhere else, you know? Right. And that's your process at the end of the day, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what my mess looks like, you know? <laughs> my mess organized. <laughs> nice. So I, I definitely admire the, the unique process. So... After, you know, you finish writing the song and either, you know, you're approaching an artist or a producer, how yeah. exactly does that work now um, when you have an idea for a song? So, so even, even that, there's no set way for it. Sometimes artists approach me, but most of the times artists approach me or, or a producer might approach me. Um, 
But if if I have a song in mind for an artist that I don't have a relationship with, I reach out because that's that's one of the key things in this in this game. You it benefits you to be a people person. It benefits right. you to to know the value and the power in networking. You know, and if you want it bad enough, you'll stop making excuses and you'll find a way to get it done. You know, so I remember um, how 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 me and Five Star feel good now is because I had messaged him on Instagram. You know, and I and it was years ago, even before I started Soka. I just messaged him and I was like, "Yo, I must say, bro, um, I admire your hustle. Like, I admired how Five Star he will put his everything into a record that he believes in." Yes, and he will he will do merchandise. He will do an amazing music video, and the man will just you know do his thing. And 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 I admired that, and I reached out to him because of that. And then years later, when I jumped it back and in, jumped into the soca, now it was easy to just continue the link from there. You know, right? And it's funny you say that. A lot of people in the entertainment industry. When they reach out to me for advice, because I'm also a DJ, one of right, the things yeah. I tell them is, you know, networking is probably the easiest way into the industry. So yeah. one of the things I'd like to ask you is, what are some tips that I guess future songwriters or producers or anyone that wants to be in this entertainment industry should take when it comes to networking? Um, advice on networking? Yeah. Um, try to build genuine relationships. Don't, don't, um, people could tell when you're just trying to use them. And that's not nice. I think that's a real sucker move. So, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get to know people, get to know them. Don't right. be so hurried to, to let your agenda be seen. You know, um, everybody out here trying to, trying to do something, trying to be something with the talents, you know, and, for a lot of people, their 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 main resource is their network, the people that they cool with, and people know when you're trying to use them for things. So try to be genuine with it. Um, if you if you want, you could find out a nice way to to bring across what you what you really want your end goal to be, but just just be cool with it. You know, don't use people. But at the end of the day, networking is key and you'll get a lot done in this thing because the truth is a man will quicker do business with somebody he knows than a complete stranger. You know? Even if the complete stranger is 10 times more talented than the person he knows. You know, it's, it's, there's something in, in being social and knowing people. You know? Right. So try, try to be likable. I'll tell them that. <laughs> And that's some really good. That's yeah. some really good advice, Daryl. Let me just check the chat really quick. Uh, again, large up DJ Loverboy. I see you locked in as well. He's saying five stack. He has some great tunes. Large yeah. up Sean, the UK crew as well, the Bayesian crew, and large up Kristen as well. So Kristen says that you're very humble, and you know that came up. A few times when I was reaching out to people about you a while back, a lot of um, people in the industry say that you know your humility is is off the charts. <laughs> How important is it, you know, that. to 
to be humble in this in this music industry in this day and age? I um I think it's extremely important for you to be humble, but I also think that yeah to find the right balance too, because people take your humility and your understanding for granted, like the wrong people, you know. So sometimes um. Sometimes I sometimes I wish I was a little bit more of a a-hole, you know? Sometimes, sometimes I wish I had it in me, you know, to be like that sometimes. But, I mean, it, it's not me, so... But I could be stern when I need to be stern, and, you know, not to jump out yourself, you know? <laughs> but, but now, I think it's, it's really about finding the right balance and try to be reasonable and understanding with people. But at right. the same time, people need to be reasonable and understanding with you, too, so... <laughs> Yeah, and that will well, that will take you a long way. Well, there we get some life advice here, you know. I think yeah. these are some tools that can last beyond the the entertainment yeah. industry. I can write a book. You know. <laughs> well, I know everyone in the chat will will definitely purchase that one. But um, let me get back to the creative process for a little bit. Sure. So mm -hmm. I know we spoke about your method to the madness when it comes to the WhatsApp. And then we talked about how some artists will approach you or you might approach some artists based on yeah. your networking skills and your humility. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the business side now, right. this has come up a lot. How yeah. much does a song cost or, or go for in the, the current market right now? It doesn't um, have to be your figure, but it could be like a ballpark figure or industry standard figure. Well, well, here's, here's what I will say to that. Like, every, every artist or, or every creative has their value they put on their talent. And nobody can tell you, okay, no, your, your, your talent not worth this. So it's up to you to establish what this exchange of service is going to be for you, what does it mean to you, and how you're going to value it. Because I, I can tell you this, I, I don't mind saying... But mm -hmm. I've sold songs already for hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know. Um, so, but I know Asoka artists ain't going to pay me hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know. So, you, I would tailor fit something. I would tailor make something for a price range that I think is reasonable for me to, you know, feel like I didn't just give away my, my stuff. You know? right. So so it's really it's really up to the person to set a, a standard and a, a value for, for their, their talent and their craft. But you have to understand the the um what it is you bring into the table and you have to understand the power in your publishing and copyrights and stuff like that. You know, ownership of your publishing and copyrights. You know. So yeah, so I don't know if that, that helps a little bit in, in answering. Somewhat, but yeah. let's dig deeper because you touched on something really important when it comes to the ownership yeah. and the copyrights of, you know, your, your product. Yeah. So as a songwriter, mm -hmm. do you think that you should own part of the masters? Um, as a songwriter, I, I personally believe like, nobody shouldn't be owning anybody's catalog, you know? I, I've heard stories about artists and things, and, and it's sad that some people get treated like that. But I think um, 
I definitely think the artist should get piece of the master, and okay. and I think I think you get what you negotiate, right? So if I negotiate with a client to own piece of the master, and I get through, then good for me, you know. I just have more stake in the record, um, and the truth is the master wouldn't exist without the actual song. So. I think I think there's there's room for songwriters to get peace out of you know. I just I ain't ready to fight that battle yet. You know, but I'm waiting for them. A <laughs> <laughs> <I> set. A <laughs> set right now. <laughs> yes, and I believe <laughs> a few people can agree to that. Um mm -hmm. I know last week we had Casey from Precision Productions and he had his own view on the, the whole master's take and the ownership. Yeah. So that, I would say, is very interesting. To that it, point, it though, do you feel that songwriters get enough recognition, though? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think... I don't think. But part of that kind of comes with the game. You know? Like, I don't care for fame like that. Okay. You know? Um, because at the end of the day, even though my face is not the face being seen for the record... It's still my record. Right. You know, so that is still, that's still my baby all over the world traveling, you know. And I am still feel fulfilled, you know. Songwriting gives me a sense of purpose. And purpose to a man is an important thing, you know. No man should play with that. So I, I don't really care for the credit in terms of being famous, you know, but Yes, you do what you still do want to be known for what you do, you know. And I think, as far as me, that's that's happening, you know. It's happening, even if it's slowly, but it's definitely happening. Definitely, otherwise, I don't think you'd be on this platform with us today. You've yeah. definitely made waves in this industry, but I definitely think that songwriters need to be credited more because, um, I remember watching interviews where. I know the songwriter who wrote the song, but you're hearing the artist talking like, like he, he got inspired to do this, man. You know, I've seen them things happen with my own eyes, and it's like, yo, get him, let him on be great now, let him get him any credit, you know? So, yeah. so sometimes, you know, and um, for years, people would feel like an artist writes their own songs until they, you know, know better. Until they do their research. Yeah, yeah. But it, it have some, some magic makers in the background that has been creating these, these hits that these people love in all over the world, you know. So, yeah, man, I definitely think that they, they need to get some more credit, you know. Definitely. So I see a question came in here from Black Rum. Yeah. And it goes back to what we, I guess, touched on earlier. They're asking what needs to change in the sound of Suka to make it more global. Um, I, in terms of the sound, I, me as a writer, this is just my opinion. I'm not speaking for the Suka fraternity, but this is me as a as a creative. Right. What I would do, for me personally, is, is more melody and lyrical content i think that will help it a lot because it will now become more palatable to 
um, to a wider market. You know, I I remember sitting in in a a session in in Rock Nation in LA, and um, I had to play some records for Ariana album that was in the process at the time. And they asked me if I had soca, and I was like, "Yeah, dog, like IRL soca." But I was only playing like Afrobeat and hip hop and R and B for them and that kind of stuff. So they were like, "You have soca in your training?" I was like, "Yeah." So I think I played "Love It" for them. I played "Personal" because it's not necessarily that they wanted like demos; they just wanted to hear what type hear. of soca I do. And right. they, I remember they had like loved "Personal." You know, they loved personal and they had loved um radar by Kess, you know, um and then I played Touch Me for them from Patrice and they were like, Yo, bro, like you know, like this like they could jam to this. That's right. what they said. He was like he said, I'll be real with you, like sometimes I don't know what the hell they just be saying, but <laughs> you know, but it's like I understand every word of this. You know, I was like, Well good. And that in that moment, it showed me that sometimes we ain't cross into certain territories yet because they don't understand us. You know, they they not hip to the, like, the slangs, right? You know, so sometimes maybe your lyrical content and your execution of a song would sometimes make it a little more, a little easier to transfer. But at the end of the day, too, we do this music because we love it. You know, so we not. It's not that we, you know, beating up ourselves to try and make our next culture understand us. True. If that is not your mission, that is not your mission. You know, do what you love. You know, but it's my mission, so I wanna, mm. I wanna, you know, just be a part of, of something that I think could take it a step further. You know. Right, and you know, it's funny. Many argued on this platform, at least, that, you know, there's other genres like reggaeton, for example, or Afrobeats that yeah. not even done in English, but it also yeah. hits the top of the charts. Even certain dancehall songs that have patois or Creole yeah. in it mm-hmm. have also kind of crossed over. And again, they don't understand what, what we're yeah. saying, but they don't it understand works. It. I, think, I think all that, I think that too is... A sonic issue like sonically the it it i think that's that has to do with like mixing and mastering and sometimes too and there's the overall vibe but i feel like soca sometimes just get judged wrong you know and um i feel like something has to happen collectively i feel like soca still really divided it's kind of yeah, like it's- doggy dog kind of thing you know um i think we need to do more to unite you know all the stakeholders in this industry to really make a make some noise and and push it forward so when you so when you say that it's divided are you talking about in Trinidad and tobago in the region across the globe i think i think across the i think across the, the globe i think um i think we just we need to be a little more united like even like I could talk about this now, but even even that whole there's there's always this this silent um I don't even know if it's to call it silent, but there's there's always this beef between artists and producers with masters. You know, I think 
I think everybody should get a piece of it. Um, because the truth is, everybody has a role that they play that's extremely important. Right? Look, Ray now rich. <laughs> Ray, you're late. <laughs> Ray, latch up yourself. We just talk about you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, everybody has a role to play. And in understanding you, the role that you play, you understand that even your role, you couldn't do it to your fullest to the fullest capacity without the existence of the other person, right? Um, I don't know why, why this, um, my screen just keeps getting dark, but yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like I'll, I'll lose track of what it is I'll say there. <laughs> the screen distract me. Uh, you were talking about the hidden kind of beef with right. the whole discussion on the masters. Yeah, I think, I think it has to do with our respecting. I think, um, I think if everybody really respected what the other person brings to the table, those type of arguments wouldn't even be the case. Because then the producer would understand that, you know, if the artist not on the record, like it have no record. And the artist would understand that, you know, if the writer didn't write this record, it have no record. You know, so it's understanding too that um, the producer has to understand that Yo, is this artist brand is what is going to push this record. And let me don't get it twisted. Like nobody's showing up to a concert to hear you play your beats. You right. know? <laughs> nobody ain't doing that. I mean, there's, there's not EDM. There's soca. So nobody ain't going to soca fed to just hear instrumentals. Right? So it's, it's understanding the value that the other person brings to it. So I, I definitely believe it's a respect thing. And I, I believe because of that is why there's a bunch of little divisions, you know, and people don't stand up for each other, you know. So I definitely think that we need to be a little more united, you know, and respect what each other does, you know, to bring to the table. Definitely. I think that's the, the realest thing that's ever been said on this platform thus far. So yeah. Thank and, you and, for that. No problem at all, because I feel like I could... I could talk about it because I I don't have like one side. I'm in the middle and I understand. And I think maybe because I know I'm an artist too, I understand it from the artist's perspective. Because me personally, if, if I have to be the artist on a record, I wouldn't do business with half of the men who are not offering piece of the masters. Like, why would I do that? It's dumb. It don't make no sense. Right. You know? So that means my song could get placed in a movie. And you get and the full license fee because you own the master. That's stupid. You know, I don't think any Sokata should accept those type of deals. But to each his own. Right. I so you'll get some bad up. Some men might call me after this, but I ain't care. I said. <laughs> okay, so I see someone in the chats asking, who is your favorite uh, songwriter? One of my favorite songwriters, I would say... Um, there's a guy right now, um, I've been following him for a while now, Sebastian Cole. I think he's a dope writer. Um, I like Rico, Rico Love. Um, I think um, Our City. Yes. Those, those guys are amazing. Um, Babyface is one of 
Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but must I think must Yeah, like I had to keep touching the screen or something. Oh, it's timing out. So, okay. Yeah. So Yeah, you were telling us your favorite uh, writers. Yeah. Uh, you left off at Arcity. Yeah, I think Babyface is one of my favorite writers. You know, um but I have a few cuz I am a I am a fan of songwriting, you know. I am um, I always had an appreciation for it from from small, you know, just the art of storytelling and and making these words jump out the radio and painting images in your head, you know. I think I think that's always been amazing to me, and that that was what drew me in, you know. So that's actually a great question. So, you know, working with these different artists, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the soca music industry, you worked with, you know, Cass, Five Star Kale, Patrice. How are you able to write to each of their personalities? Um, I, I think it, it really is. That is one thing I'll say is a, is a definite gift, but you have to understand what your role is, you know, um, you have you can't just write a song and try and force it on an artist if it doesn't fit them you know um you definitely need to do your research and if, even if that means going through their past catalog you know studying their vocal range you know where they could sing this song you know what register you know you you really just um you need to observe you need to, to pay attention and, in a sense, kind of embody them. Right. You know, you, you write the song and you make sure that this is an embodiment of this person's vibe. So I could, I could do that with Kess now. I could do that with Five Star Kill. I could do it with Dev. I could do it with Patrice. Because for every artist I write for, I kind of like, it's almost like I try to pretend to be them, in a sense. So I would add, so I know how Kess would attack a note, how his opening line would would resonate. So I could do that, you know. Um, I remember even when I wrote um work it, and I I gave work it to Ray. To Ray. I felt like I didn't know her too well like that yet, you know. But I still felt like I feel this is her vibe, and you know? like I feel like this, mm-hmm. you know, could be her, you know, and and even problems. Um, but yeah, is you really have to, you have to commit yourself to getting to know the the client and studying the client in a sense. You know, you'll be shooting in the dark if you don't. You know. Gotcha. And I see we have Wendy from the Bahamas as well in the chat. Larger Bahamas team. And you've also worked with Wendy as well, right? Yeah, I think yeah. you did a walkout. And addicted, the... yeah. Walkout and, and addicted. addicted. Yeah. So to that point, I know you mentioned, you know, putting yourself in the artist's shoes. Yeah. The crew at Live Love Soka, they wanted to know which is easier. Is it easier to write for a female artist or a male artist? Or it doesn't matter? To me, it doesn't matter. Um, but somebody else might say different, you know, but... Um... I um I don't I don't have a difficulty writing for for either sex, you know. Um it really doesn't matter to me, but I feel like sometimes with women <laughs> you could you could you might be able to 
get a little more emotional with women, you know. And I don't mean that in a bad way, ladies. It's just, you know. Well, when they're saying that female artists are easier to write for in the chat, right? Here. <laughs> maybe maybe so. the same thing. <laughs> maybe so, but I have I have a lot more male songs than female songs, so I don't know. And I don't have a problem when writing for females. I think it it comes pretty cool, you know. Right. So. <clears throat> With all that said, yeah. in terms of like your whole process in writing, mm-hmm. Syed asks, how do you dig deeper into yourself during the creative process so that you get better connected to your higher talent or spirit? That's a real high That's question, a actually. Way. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, me, for me, what I do sometimes, like if, if I'm stuck, for the most part, when I'm stuck, I am. Um, I try to just be a little more observant in what's going on around me, um, and just being. You're kind of like a sponge when you're a songwriter. You know, it's good for you to to soak up inspiration anyway. You know, I I find inspiration in in almost anything. You you can find inspiration in love and in divorce and in, in um a simple conversation you know um so sometimes when i'm writing and i feel any sort of you know stuck moments coming up i i just try to like you know raise my antenna a little more and be a little more observant of what's going on around me maybe do some writing exercises that could you know kickstart something and i i remember this um I came across this somewhere where they said in songwriting, tell the truth first. Be honest mm. first. So that sometimes helps too, you know. But sometimes you write a song from a real, real place to you, but sometimes it don't make sense to tell people <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that that come from a real place. But, you know, it, it happens and it helps, you know. But, you know, sometimes some of the best performing songs comes mm-hmm. from that realness because it's of relatable. Yeah. I definitely believe so. Um, like we've... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, we see that a lot with uh, Tedis and John, for example. I know right. Vent came from a real place and not connected with right. the, the ground. Yeah. So with that whole realness, like what is the best songwriting advice you got from a mentor in the music industry? Um, I would say I would, I was always, I'll always give, um, Corey Rooney credit for this. Corey used to tell me, um, just make them feel something, you know? Um, and that always stuck with me, make them feel something. So, you know, music moves people. Right. And what is a songwriter if he is numb? You know, you you have to feel, I have to feel in order to make you feel. Because that translates in the, in the music. You know, this, this is a powerful thing we just be playing with. You know? music, right. is, music is an influence. You know, it's a, it's a language that Almost every human being understands, you know, we, we, we are so much alike, more alike when we 
listening to music. You know, I am. Um, I definitely tell them to to feel and allow yourself to feel and and don't be ashamed to express that feeling when you're writing. You know, right. expose yourself. Who cares? Like somebody going through the same thing you're going through. So write what you're feeling. You know, make it. Be honest and but be clever with your honesty, and that's what wins. Well said. So I'm seeing on my end. Yeah. Uh, we have a little timer on the top that's telling me we have about a minute remaining. Do you Ooh. have a couple more minutes to wrap up? I have yeah. A few yeah. More questions. If it cut off, we can go back in. I I hear. All right. All right. Back. We back inside. Yeah, man. All right. So again, for those of all that are logging in, we're here with Daryl Jave. He is a international hit writer. He's written some of all their favorite hits in soccer. So in the first hour, we got to know him a little bit. And as always, if you have your questions, drop them in the question box. Um, in the first hour, we had a lot of questions. So I'm looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, man. I'll answer everything as honestly as I can. Nice. So, in the first hour, you mentioned that, you know, you work, you're working with Ray, actually. So, in yeah. addition to doing the writing, you also manage an artist. Yeah. So, what made you get into management? Um, Ray, Ray had approached me as an artist just to write for her, you know. Um, and I am, her, one of her cousins is like a best friend to me. So when when he had asked me to work with her too, I automatically you'll have a certain respect for the situation because I is family to family. one of your best friends, you know. So I treated her like family by extension, you know. Um so when it was time to like release the, the music, you know, Ray being new on the scene and stuff, she didn't she wasn't privy to a lot of the you know how to get things done and who to send this to and so because I had some experience in a certain aspect of the industry I am and I've been at it longer than she has I felt inclined to assist you know wherever I could have because I I want the best thing for her and I wanted the best thing for the song you know so I think I I think I kind of walked into it in the sense that <laughs> I didn't settle. I had no intention of ever being anybody's manager, you know, like that. But I um, I saw I saw the need and I felt like the talent was there. I believed in her. And um, I wanted the best thing for her. So I wanted to help, you know, connect the dots and make it happen. And I guess it, there was some time um, we were on the radio. I went with her to her interview. Didn't even make no commitment as manager and thing yet. <laughs> and um, I think a question was asked, like, who does manager? <laughs> I was like, me. <laughs> you know, I can't remember how, how the conversation happened, but I know it came out on radio and that was like me committing to it. You know, and I was like, you know what? I'll manage it. As, as best as I can, I will I will give you the best that I have to give. You know, so I knew in it, you knew in it, and we will build this thing together from the ground up and that's that's what's been happening. 
Yeah. Ray saying something so. <laughs> like Ray mm. has a different story to, to how that happened. Probably. <laughs> Maybe. I can't remember it too good, but was something so. <laughs> so how long have you been managing Ray? Um Ray had help me there, girl. Not that long, you know. I don't think it it, it hasn't been a year a year yet. Okay. You know. Maybe maybe September. September or October I might make it a year. Make it a year. October I'll make it a year. Yeah. So what has the experience been like managing an artist and balancing the whole songwriting? Yo, that's that's a case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I love it. I love it, to be very honest with you. I think um from the manager's perspective, like I said, you you we we've been building this thing from together from the start, you know, since since before October last year. But, right. You know, so I felt like I have a a big part to play in a lot that has happened, and it there is a again a sense of purpose and a fulfilling feeling knowing that um you know that you're able to be a part of something building. You know, um, but it it's, I wouldn't say that it's easy. I'm not going to pass it off as an easy task because you're really balancing your growing career, you know, with whatever it is. And then you're trying to mold somebody else's career at the same time too, you know. So it it is difficult at times, but it's really, it's really what I would say is, um, discipline knowing you know how to separate your time and and manage that now you know it's it's a discipline i hear that and it's definitely um i think you're doing well so far there's definitely been a lot of growth i've seen from the two of you individually so great job on that so in the first hour i know you you ran you gave us a little rundown of the songs that you created and yeah. I think two that you repeatedly told us about in, like, I guess the creative stages was mm-hmm. Radar and Boss Lady for Casty Bands. Right. What inspired you to write those two particular tunes? Um, with both records, Cass and I wrote them together. Um, Radar, Radar, Cass came, Cass came to my house one night and he was like, um, Yo, D, I hearing something on the Nine Mine rhythm, you know. Big up to Nine Mine, some amazing producers. Yes. Um, it's like I hearing something on the on the on the Nine Mine. I was like, "What are you hearing?" But and he was like, "Um, all he had was a, a intro, and he had the um, I'm so tired of communication, yes, tired of yeah." And and he said, "I hearing radar." And we started to vibe it, and then we got the you stay on, you stay on, on my radar, Whoa, on my radar. Right? So we, we had that, and that was all we had. We didn't even know if that was going to be the chorus yet, you know? And we we took a break, and we went over to my neighbor's house on their rooftop. And we just vibing, and my neighbor, he likes to fish and stuff like that. So I know he have a little experience in marine life. So I, I I turned and I asked him, I was like, yo, Christian, um, give me some, some like marine terms and 
you know, like something you would use, some kind of sea slang, now, boy. Like, tell me something. And he was like, um, yes, detect the fish. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? I like detect fish. It's like, he was like, now, well, you have to know where to go and throw your net and thing, you know? You could say that. So then I was, um, then I was like, talking a lot. detecting that. <laughs> you know, because we wanted to keep keep those kind of, you know, words that synonymous around marine life and the water and thing. So right. we wanted to have little little words in between there. You know, um but radar to me by um I really enjoyed the process working on that song. Um once we got the, the gibberish, once we got the gibberish done, I think it, it took me like maybe a day or two. And I called Kess and I was like, yo, I had the lyrics. I have everything. And he was like, all right, bet. Let go. You know? And um, Boss Lady was, was um, Kess got the, the, the chorus for that song first. Um, no, what he got first was, what he got first was, um, I come for this work. He, that all he had. I come for, he didn't even have to sign me up. Oh. It was just, all we were in the car heading to the airport and he was like, they are here and I come for this one. I come for this one. I was like, yo, that bad. And we set up a, a session for like maybe two or three days later and we wrote all that song in his kitchen and yeah, and then eat a plate of food after and bust it session done. You know? Wow. But yeah, same thing with Boss Lady. We wanted, um, we were looking for words to you know, things that we could keep it in the realm of employment. Right. So yeah. the resume. <laughs> resume. And all them. Yeah. So we, we wanted to keep it there because we were like, okay, if it's one thing with us when we're doing music, we we write for, I like I believe strongly in writing soca music for women. You know, I feel like, yo, once the women love it, it's gone. Yes. <laughs> I don't care what no hardback man had to say. Girl like the tune, we win. Once nice girl sense. like it, it's a complete success to me. You know? For sure. And I, I it's a very interesting story and approach to how you, you know, you tied, I guess, one element of the song and then yeah. took all these different other relatable things to the topic and ultimately created this full flat song so so well yeah. done yeah like i said before it's about telling the truth being real mm. and um being clever right you know that's that's what make hit, hit records honesty and and how how you able to tie it in and you know just be clever with it right. things can be like i hate hearing like abc songs like complicate it a little bit for me now. Make me think a little more, you know. It, it can't be so plain and, and boring, you know. The melodies can't be predictable. You know? Right. So I see we have a question here in the chat. Mm -hmm. And I know earlier in the first hour, you touched on your career and how you started in gospel right. and R&B. And mm -hmm. as well as you being an artist, yeah. Sean's asking... Do you think you'll ever get back to being Daryl the artist? Yeah, I think so. 
I think so. Um, Darryl, the artist is, he ain't gone no way. Like, he, he right there. Like, I always record and stuff. Right, I'll write songs just for if the inspiration there or not and decide, okay, do I want to keep this for myself or do I want to sell this? You know? Um, and I have records that specifically put away for me that I want to release with, you know, at some point in time. So I'm definitely going to go back to the artist, right? Even right now, I'm, I'm being an artist because I do a lot of writing for TV and film now. And Locally a, or um, internationally? Internationally. So I just finished like this Netflix project with um, some, uh, some producers I work with in, in Australia. Um, and they didn't have access to the, the artists that they're accustomed using. Right. So because they write with me a lot, um, they know they know that I could sing and I could, you know, do a, a bunch of other stuff in music too. So it was like, D, we need rappers. I was like, say less, bro. Like, and I wrote like four or five rap records for them with me rapping on it. Wow. You know, and you'd never tell that it's a Trini doing these raps, you know. So so it, and those records gonna come out with with my vocals, you know. So that is be an artist writer. And is that out as yet, or is that still in production? Still in production. Still in production. I got an email on that today, so it's so, in ready yet. It's going to be released in September. All right, so all there, make sure you check out Daryl's Instagram to look out for the premiere and the launch dates of whatever's happening on Netflix, and we're going to hear him spit some bars, okay? Wendy, you doubt it not. <laughs> Our bars in a Wendy. Where you feel it is? <laughs> so, I know you've written for a good few. Is there anyone in the industry that you haven't worked with yet that you would like to work with in the future? Um, in Soka? Like I don't mind. I will answer it like this: I don't mind working with anybody, right? But but there isn't anybody for me to say, like, yeah, I have to work with this person. Like I would love to work with this person, you know. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. Like I respect and love what every artist do and what they bring to the table. Um, but I just I don't have that that feeling, you know. Okay. I'm. I'm very comfortable with the, the, the people that come to me and the, the people that I've built a relationship with. You the know, network. And, yeah, and, and, I, and I always have a desire to grow that. So my door is never closed. Once, uh, once, once I think the artist makes sense mm -hmm. and once the business makes sense, I'll work with you. Just go drop the ball on that because you, you only really get one opportunity to drop the ball and dice it. And dice it. Up. Yeah. So don't play with my money and, and that kind of thing. I hear that. Time is money. And at the end of the day, like in the first hour, you, you said it correctly. You mentioned it perfect. You said yeah. that you want to push this soccer music to higher heights and change the quality and yeah. making sure that it's appealing to a wider audience yeah so with that said like where do you see the genre in the next five years um i definitely well to be honest bro like 
before COVID, my answer may have been different. But I feel like, I still feel like we, we have some way to go. We have a, a, a good distance to go still. But I, I believe that we will be in a better place than we are right now. Because what I could say for a fact is that the world is looking at us now. You know, I remember I, I sat down with um, a music supervisor in L.A. once, and he told me that they, they've been looking at Soka, um, and they basically want to find ways to use it more in TV and film. And this is this is a this is a music supervisor for like Tyler Perry and and the, you know, right. So so th- so they're looking at us, you know. I think once and and Soka has made its way into some 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 TV shows and stuff like that, you know. Um, Bungie with Differentology that got into Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Um, GBM Marshall. Neutron. GBM Neutron got into um this Netflix series. Um, she's he's got, got out right yeah you know and even got a shout out in the show the girl was the actress was like <laughs> oh my god i love gb <laughs> i was like yeah neutron yeah. get true you know um but yeah i definitely think soka will be in a better place um because we have a lot of celebrities internationally that love it huh? i think i think what what are what um stakeholders have been trying to do is get a lot of people to co-sign the culture and the genre. And maybe the right co-sign might do some, but we don't necessarily need a co-sign. I think once we keep putting out good music, mm-hmm. I think it'll, it'll get where it needs to go. You know? But something is in the water that... Something there that I think has held us back. And it could be an attitude of the people... Because there's definitely mindsets that need to change, you know. Okay, let's let's dig deeper into that. When you Ooh. say that mindset, <laughs> when you say that mindsets need to change, what exactly are you referring to? Um, well, first of all, the seasonal mentality we have behind soca music, you know, and I think even some artists, mm. you could see that they're scared to do stuff outside of the season. Okay, so you know. hold on. So for those that, you know, are locked in all over the world and may yeah. not necessarily be familiar with the season. So break mm-hmm. break down what that means, I guess, in the local industry. Um, the season is, I mean, the build-up before Carnival. Okay. You know, the, all the events. You know, Trinidad does just be a whole, a whole mood, you know, when Carnival is in the air. You know, from the minute Christmas done. It's carnival, you know. Right. And so the hustle begins for a lot of artists, a lot of people involved in the industry. Um, but I think the key thing is for that to not even exist anymore. I think that is where we need to be. So what you're saying is soca music actually only plays from, you said from Christmas, so from Boxing Day up until yeah. when carnival is done? Pre- predominantly, yeah. Like throughout the years it has changed, but Back in the day, it was like you in here in Soka after Ash Wednesday, you know. So thanks to some people, you know, who've been pushing through the years that now you could hear Soka through the year still. You know, I think Boss Lady is still in the top two 
on the cock charts and carnival done, you know. Yeah. So you know, um so so music still being played, I just think there's a mindset that I see even here in Trinidad that even the consumers don't really be on soca after carnival. They they don't be fighting up with that. You know, so it's a mentality that I think needs to it needs to wash over the whole industry in general, like fans and the consumers and the artists and the service providers. Everybody needs to get out of that, that mental, you know. And COVID-19 has presented us with a, you know, a wire force situation, you know. It's like, okay, COVID-19 right now, what are they going to do? Are they going to stop singing? Are they going to not put out music? Are they going to start over from scratch? You know? So, so people now need to we need to figure out some ways to to put out music, to put out content. Because I believe one of the biggest things is to build your catalog. Right. Stop looking for like the hit song, and build your catalog. Focus on content. You know. Dimitic. Very interesting indeed, and I I think I do agree with that. Um, these seasonal events. <laughs> The seasonal mentality in the industry, I think, has kind of stifled the growth just a little bit. So I see a question here from Syed. He's asking, do you think the happy and joyful nature of Soka is in conflict with audiences abroad? I don't know if it's in conflict with the audience abroad, but Soka, Soka is naturally celebratory because remember you gotta remember like where soca and carnival stemmed from mm-hmm. is freedom of the slaves right that's right. like rebellion and you know we're free now so it was almost like the music was booted from celebration you know like that that is what it is you know but i do believe that it has evolved so much through the years that you can, like I was saying earlier on, you can experiment and write different type of topics and stuff on it now. You know, like, I think, I think it's a canvas and you could paint how you see fit. You just had to be clever in how you do it. You, you wouldn't put a extremely depressing song on the happiest beat ever, you know. <laughs> right. You create the appropriate music for it. You know, even if it's a groovy something. Yeah, uh-huh. and I and I think we've seen that too when it comes to artists like Fimba, for example. Right. Fimba doesn't. Fimba uh, is from Saint Vincent and the Grenadines. For those right. of you locked in, uh, his song "Funky Business," which is right. a song about you know telling yeah. people to stop mind his business. Yeah. But there's nothing really happy about it. Yeah. But it's still connected with the people. Yeah, and I, like I'm um, father Fox as well, ducking. Like we've we've. Throughout the years, soca music has, you've heard almost any type of topic. Right. But it's really in how you bring this across and deliver it. Look, for instance, um, Farmer Nappy's, um, what's his name, Hooking Man. Hooking Man. Right. That song, and yeah, he didn't talk about whining once in the song, not once. You know, but every group of friends in a fet would hug up each other. But <laughs> you know, it's important to have these sing-along moments in a song. That 
that is what our audience looks forward to, you know. People want to hear, like, sometimes when we write in soca music, I've heard it said many times where we'll be like, um, yo, we need a part that people could sing even if they're drunk, boy. You know, you don't even need to sing it on key, but you need that part in the song, you know. And yeah, and, and you just have to have them kind of moments. You just have to connect with people. Right. Yeah. That catchy hook is, I think, what also boots the success of a lot of good songs as well. Yeah. Lodge up Freddie in the chat too. So yeah. where can Freddy, we find... Freddie's an amazing producer out of Bahamas. Yeah, some, some monsters coming. 2021. Yeah. Yes, lot of the whole 242, the, the Bahamas team locked in as well. And love any music that's coming out of the Bahamas as well. Yeah, man. So where can we find your music? Let's say we want to stream some of the things that you've written. Are you on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal? None of them right now. Um, I still, I still build in a catalog of my songs that I've written and saying, I mean, for now, you could, you know, just get it like on wherever the artists have the, the, the digital imprint online. Um, so I still build in my catalog in the sense uh, to create a, a home for everything that I've done. You know, maybe I need a manager now. I don't know. <laughs> Tell my Paul, I'm singing. <laughs> yeah, just build a little playlist on Apple Music and that yeah. way people could go and see your work if anyone is interested in working with you to know what catalog you have available. Yeah, definitely. So for those of all you locked in, make sure to keep it locked to Daryl's page. He's going he's gonna to share that playlist any day now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. That all comes. Right. Yes, Lodge of the Bahamas again, Wendy, I see you. Um, someone else in the chat is saying, Daryl, they're super proud of the work that you're doing. I appreciate that. All right, so for everyone locked in, I want to thank Daryl for joining us today for this edition of Let's Talk Suka. We're done, done there. We're done. Yes. <laughs> Unless there's other questions, I've gone through the question box, but I haven't seen any additional things. And I went through Syed's question as well. If anyone else has a question before we go, just let us know. If not, then um, we'll wrap up. But to that point, I do have one question. Sure. When you're not writing, what are some of the favorite things that you like to do? Um, my, my life really... Is music, you know, like okay. if if I if I not like <laughs> like I always tell people when I was younger, um, while my brothers them playing cards and you know doing all them stuff with my uncles and my thing was always if I not doing listening music or writing music, I talking to some girl or something. So from small it was always music and girl, <laughs> music and girl. So I I. I never really had much interest in a lot of stuff. I mean, I like to hang out. I like to, to dance lime. and, you know, lime and thing. But, um, you know, being married now, you know, the girl part don't exist like that <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but but um, if, if, if I'm not writing songs, sometimes I might just, you know, like taking a little movie or, or go somewhere. I, I like nature. COVID-19 has put me in a, a phase now where I get into like gardening a little bit. Nice. So th now I'm a talking to my cauliflower plants and <laughs> tomatoes and, you know, morning babies, how they doing? And, 
So I'm doing a little, I'm doing a little gardening these days, but but everything is music. But I literally am creating some melody or writing, no matter what it is I do. Because even when even when I look at a, if I'm if I'm blocked or I'm looking for content for something, even if I'm looking at a a TV show or a movie or something, I am still being a sponge. I'm still in sponge mode soaking up any little thing I might hear in the movie. I might like the storyline of the movie and be like, yo, that might make for a dope record, you know? Or I might hear a line in the movie and be like, that could be a real good line in a song, you know? So so I'm really always in in music mode, to be honest. Nice. What would you say is your greatest source of inspiration? Wow. I know that was coming at some point today, you know. Yeah, that's well, actually... I know you you just mentioned the whole movie thing, so that's one. Um, my greatest source of inspiration, I, w- I would say is life, you know. I, I can't even, like, narrow it down to any one specific thing. I would say the things, I, the things I, that inspire me, I'll say it like this. God... Love, um, just the, the, the mysteries of life, how, how life does take you down some, some, some weird road sometimes and put you in some peculiar situations. I think life in general is a big inspiration. I think sex is an amazing inspiration. I think um, women, women have been the source of a lot of songs being birthed throughout the years. Us. You know, almost every song. So I think a woman is a powerful force of inspiration. You know, the greatest muse there is, you know. You know a song written up a girl by oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um but yeah, everything by everything. I think it's important for our creative to be open minded and be aware of everything that's going on around them. Right. You know, for for the sake of inspiration, you know. All right, Sean. So Danny asks, would you work with other soca artists from other islands, such as Grenada? Of course, of course. I I am. Um, I don't close the door on anybody. I I don't to work with whoever. I'm always down for networking. Like I said, um, I think is. What I will say to to anybody who wanna approach me and stuff, um, I think networking is key, and in networking, I'll always reiterate the building genuine relationships. So if you come into me, come to me straight, and let me know what is the word, and you know, let me deal with everything the way it's meant to be dealt with, and you will always have a friend in me, you know. Once you treat me right, treat me nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's it's just about building a genuine relationship. Relationships. If if we energy not sinking, then I wouldn't fight it. To be honest, but it's not always about the money. Money important, but it's not always about that. But if 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 I ain't like your vibes, I'm not gonna put myself through that. Yeah. You know. So in order for someone to work with you, they would need to have good vibes. 
And I'm guessing <laughs> the answer that you're really leaning towards is have the ability to put out great music. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say how I would put it is this. I, like I always say, you know, um, talent, like hard work beat talent when talent do work hard. You have talent is important, extremely important. But I want to know that you're a go-getter. I want to know that you're willing to do what you have to do to get stuff done. You know, um, because as much as you might have a situation, people came out of worse situations than you might be in. So right. once, I, once I see a willingness from an artist to, to be able to put in the work to foster get the results, that is one of the first things that, that will draw me in. You know, that willingness to get it done and just, just the way they um that energy, that vibe, I need to know that you're a person that I could, I could work with. Because I, for the most part, I think almost everybody I work with, I have a pretty cool relationship with them. You know, we, we think I have a respect for what they bring to the table, you know. So that's what I was saying on that. All right. And I see here we have Wendy as well. Uh, big up to yourself, Wendy. I know earlier we spoke about the two songs that you wrote for her. She's asking, how are you able to write multiple songs on the same rhythm? Oh. I, I don't even know how to answer that. You know, that, <laughs> is, that is vibes, boy. That is... Sometimes, sometimes you have to be open enough for the inspiration to flow. Um, I've experienced that with a lot of beats, a lot of music that people send me throughout the years. I was able to just feel so inspired here in the music. Like the music just hit me as so dope that it's like, yo, I just having multiple ideas for it. You know, that happened with the, the um, Soka Takeover rhythm. The good feels. Yeah. Right, yeah that happened with that it happened with um a project i, I did with kyle phillips from bajan bajan right that happened with, with me on a project with him some last year um i just couldn't stop writing and i wrote like maybe six songs to the rhythm and we just had to narrow it down you know but yeah i i think it's just being open to Whatever ideas and vibes you come in that that flow in, you know. If 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 it's not coming, I won't force it. Right. But it, it happens because it flows naturally. Yeah. So when you write songs, for example, yeah, on rhythms, yeah, is it that the artist kind of has to pick certain songs, or is it that you've already written it with them in mind? Um. For the most part, if 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 I um producer sends me music or artist sends me music but let me just go with if a producer sends me music when i write in depending on the vibes the initial first vibes that come i will already know who i feel could execute this song you know and what i will do after is i'll go back to it after i get all the ideas out and ready to record the demo the, the image of who could sing it will be a little more clearer to me. And now I could say, you know what, let me tailor this to this artist because I feel like this will be more suitable to them. 
you know. Um, so that is our next way too that that it could happen. I've seen somebody asking if I want to develop any new artists. Eh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, Danny, lodge up yourself. Um, I don't, I don't know when you joined, but do you want to talk a little bit about Ray? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, I I don't know if I want to take on any new artists. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm very comfortable, you know, working with the one that I have right now, and I don't think I'm in a position to to juggle anybody else. I kind of wanna. I'm already focusing on me and focusing on 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 Ray's career. I don't wanna have to confuse that, <laughs> you know. Um, but I don't mind working with anybody. So, so writing for anybody and giving some advice if I need to. That's cool. But I don't wanna take on the responsibility of of a, of an of a next person to be responsible for, <laughs> you know. Gotcha. So when all they have a chance, make sure you check out Ray Charles' music. Yeah. And Ray and I, Ray and I have some some amazing stuff um, that we're working on. That you know, um, Ray will talk on it more from an artist perspective and tease people with that. But we have some, we have some, some, some missiles, you know, in the bunker there, ready to hit people upside the head with, you know. Vibes. Yeah, man. All right. So it looks like we've gone through, I think, all the questions here. Danny um, in the future. <laughs> Danny want to know if in the future. Yeah, check out Ray. Definitely yeah. check Ray out. <laughs> yeah, Ray's also in the chat too. So um, make sure they go and follow she. Check out her music on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all these streaming platforms as well. Definitely. So you can get familiar with with it. So, um, Daryl, we want to thank you for coming on Let's Talk Soccer today, yes, answering brother. our questions, answering yeah, the questions in the chat. I want to lodge up everyone who asked a question, who left a comment, words of support for Daryl as well. Is there anything you want to say before we head out? Um, I mean, I just want to encourage anybody who has a desire to to be in the entertainment industry. I would honestly just like to tell you that. It is possible. Um, you just you have to have the discipline, and always take on a a, a spirit of um, learning, you know, and and gratitude, because those those traits will get you really really far. You could never know enough, you know. So always be humble to be willing to learn and to take correction. You know, and to value certain opinions because, you know, um, there are some opinions that you're going to have to put some value to because right. some people do know more than you, you know, and some people get paid to do this thing. So if somebody <laughs> talking to you, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but I will, I will let them know that it's possible, you know, believe in your talent, believe in your gift and... Learn as much as you can, network as much as you can, you know, put your ego and pride to the side and yeah, the sky is the limit, basically. Amen. <laughs> Daryl, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, make sure you stay safe. 
wear a mask, I hear the cases going up on TNT. So, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so yes, make brother. sure to, to take as much precaution as you can. Definitely. Same we're thing. looking forward to more music. I, yeah, man, definitely. I am. Um, I want to say thank you to you and, and to the Live Love Soka crew and to everybody who um, logged in to, to view the interview. Um, I appreciate all you guys. And, you know, Jell, you be safe. Live Love Soka, pick up all yourself. Anytime you all need me, feel free to holler. And, yeah, to everybody in the chat, um, you know, take care of yourself, be safe out there, and stay inspired. All right. Until next time, all there. Yes, I. Blessings. Bless. Bless up.